0: Welcome to In Conversations, an Investec-focused radio podcast series that offers insights into a wide range of topics that'll empower our clients to create, manage, preserve, and grow their wealth. 2023 was the year artificial intelligence went mainstream. From ChatGPT to gamma, large language models and other AIs have become everyday tools used by millions of people around the world. Bots are already taking over mundane tasks, doing it faster and with more accuracy, the adoption of AI sparked a wide range of ethical debates, not least of these being the impact of AI on the job and skills market. AI will undoubtedly make some jobs redundant, but it will create a lot of new ones too. In this episode, we'll explore the impact of AI's integration, including its benefits and challenges, and discuss strategies for staying relevant in an ever-changing job market. Joining me today, we have Samir Rawji and Leslie ann Gatta. Samir founded Google's Life Design Lab and O School Ventures. He also started an edtech company in South Africa. He consults on topics like how to bring wisdom and purpose into workspaces and how technology intersects with human learning. Leslie-Ann is the Global Head of People and Organization at Investec. She consults and talks about a variety of subjects under human capital, from culture and purpose to navigating complexity through empathetic leadership. Thank you both for joining me. I'm Caroline Edie van Veek, brand editor at Investec. To kick things off, can each of you share with me some of the most exciting AI trends that you saw emerging in your particular sphere in 2023? Let's start with you, Les.
1: Thank you so much. It's so amazing to be here and talking about this. I think the first and really radical thing that we saw is what we call the move from copywriter to editor that inside our organization and in so many other organizations, the profound ability of AI to produce content really changed the level of people's functioning and the way in which they engage with content now. Instead of having to write and research, now everyone has the great ability to become editor. And so we see a skill set changing where people are looking at content already created and able to edit it, able to oversee it, able to implant a different thinking into it. And this can extrapolate into many other capabilities in time that AR will afford us. Like just the ability to be so much more strategic than task-focused all the time. So yeah, we saw people moving from copywriters to editors in a metaphorical and literal sense.
0: That gets me quite concerned.
1: Do you think that
0: people that are in the content generation space should feel threatened?
1: I think people in the content generation space should feel challenged. Uh, and I guess threatened is, is the other end of the continuum, but I choose to be optimistic about how changes come to the world. And while AI specifically presents lots of threat, uh, much anxiety, and, of course, that you know, inevitable view of the robots are coming to take over the world and the plausibility of that, I think that humanity still overrides largely the idea of making the world better and uses technology and uses opportunity to make the world better. So even in your own role, as you're referring to it, Caro, um, You know, being an editor, how many of us will just usurp your role and take your job? Mm. But look at the head start you've got on us and how much more now you can get better at what you do uh, when you aren't caught up just in the task, but you can really use the space to think and stretch and apply your capability in a different way. So I think there's stretch for all of us. We need to understand what it is.
0: I read a fascinating quote in Forbes. In preparation for this, and it said, "As machines get better at being machines, perhaps humans can get better at being humans." And I really like that thinking. Samia, tell me what was the highlight for you in terms of AI and machine learning that came out last year?
2: Basically, we're all moving from grunt workers to fact checkers. That's what's going to happen. In other words, the real shift from last year to this year is that everybody was asking AI some good, interesting questions, prompts and getting answers. But this year, AI will think about what questions you mightn't have asked yet, but would be asking, and then do the work for you in the background. And so, I don't know. I think something interesting is going to happen. Maybe technology is using us to find its own data. So we are part of terminating ourselves, in other words.
0: Oh, terminating is a very
2: harsh word. It sounds emotional when you don't have like a sense of what happens after the job you currently have. But if everybody does a little bit of reading as to how economies unfold over the next 10 or 20 years, you start to realize that the change is coming and there's lots more opportunity on the other side. But the change in the near term is going to feel a little bit scary, a little bit spicy, because I guess people need to figure out to what degree they're gonna be transparent at work. What happens when you come to work in the morning and all your emails have been read by an AI at all? all the responses have been constructed, all in the correct tone for the client that you're gonna speak with? Mm. And then you just get asked, hey, does this feel like you? And you just have to say yes or no.
0: But ultimately, should there be a mistake in that email, and especially when you're talking in something maybe in the legal field or the financial field, which you can have massive ramifications in terms of the content of that email. If it's wrong, the, the onus is on the human who sent that email to make sure that it's correct.
2: Exactly. And that's such a good question. So basically, assuming that all the tools can do that today, which they probably can, there's really not that much variables or variance in terms of like how we reply to emails. You read a bunch of emails every day, they all sound the same, right? And so over the next two or three years, we will basically be correcting AI and teaching it how we would want it to respond, thereby making it as good as we are right now today, in which case we are the fact checkers until we don't no longer need to be.
0: Well, let's pick that up. So as we were saying, Machines and and AI tools are already doing quite a lot of the mundane routine work for us already. How are you seeing employees within Investec, Liz? How are they responding to the
1: challenge? So I think there's a whole group of people across our organization who are massively excited about the possibility and specifically just on a very basic human level. If I'm not trapped in the mundane, if I'm not trapped in the stuff that has to get done, uh, but that I actually don't enjoy and my own capability can be engaged and then really leveraged in a much more interesting and exciting way. Well, that's a bonus. Plus, most people think they're better than what they're doing. Anyway, so they deserve the opportunity to do more. Our execs are excited at the world growing and changing and improving. And I think the productivity promise offered by AI is really exciting to us. Beyond just the idea of automation and cost efficiencies, the idea that we could radically improve what we do and how we do it is very promising and exciting. I think a word on anxiety is necessary and important. Change is hard, uh, especially that that feels like it could affect and impact your earnings and the way in which you take care of your family, you feed your children, you send them to school. The idea that what I do now won't be the same and it could impact that is obviously scary. So I think the job of executives or the responsibility of executives and others is really, yes, to engage in the knowledge of it, but to offer something that sounds like promise. So it's
0: here to stay. Forbes is quoting that 75% of companies expect to use AI tech within the next five years. So, I mean, only 25% of them don't think it's going to affect their companies. Samir, so to you, how would you advise employees, but also employers, to make sure that we positively reinvent the work models, to make sure that everybody's brought on board with this AI influx?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I think there are a lot of exciting business models that are like at the edge of every industry. Even banking, for example. You think about alternative currencies. You think about financial well-being related to emotional well-being. You think about where the world is headed in terms of how people look at money, define it, and understand it, and transact with it. And I think when you're sitting in meetings, these are all very exciting ideas, but when do you get to them if you're so bogged down by your current business models? And so I think it's exciting, it should be exciting, for staff everywhere in every kind of a company to think that you can eventually get to those sort of moonshot ideas when your basic everyday stuff is taken care of. And I think that if I was leading HR, I would think of the following. Reid Hoffman wrote this book called uh, The Alliance. It's an interesting book. It's basically about how you should be in partnership with your employees as a manager. And I think the world is different now in that it used to be that executives had all the information, they'd get it all from McKinsey and it'd all be private and strategy was delivered in this sort of discreet way. But now everybody knows everything. And so I think uh, young employees would want their manager to come and say, hey, listen, let's just have an open conversation. You may not have this role in two or three years. You are going to help us get to that future. So we do need your help. Let's help you reinvent your career after that. What does that look like? What skills do you need? The business may take on a more entrepreneurial role. How can you maybe contribute to that? In that way, that person feels happy in taking you to that future, but can also see a future for themselves beyond that.
0: So let's get down to some practicalities. We talk about reinventing roles, how skills are going to change. We're not going to be bogged down by the mundane rote type of functions that we have. Have you seen a a shift, Les, or is it a bit too soon in terms of what you're looking for in terms of new employees?
1: So uh, it is a little too soon. We we aren't seeing a massive shift in what we're looking for, but. I think we are seeing green shoots around around a a different language that's happening for a long time we've heard employees talking about meaning about purpose about wanting to be part of something bigger than themselves and they link ai into that that's not just like a philanthropy csi thing that's just about how forefront are you as a business uh, in the world how are you thinking about the big complexities and people want to be part of that so we're seeing quite a demand for that in terms of being attractive to employees. The other thing we're seeing across the board and we need across the board is, you know, you hire data scientists and there's still lots of place for data scientists, obviously inside our spaces, but there is a requirement for everyone To have some data science capability now we are seeing more and more that irrespective of your role whether you're a trader or you're a lender or you're in hr your ability to work with data read the data and the big thing around ai will be to the interpretation your capability around interpretation is becoming more and more significant in response
0: to that has there been any discussion around potentially upskilling certain areas of the bank that haven't had you know that much experience with data wrangling.
1: So uh, the biggest call for learning last year inside our organization which echoed many of the financial services globally saw was an ask for prompt engineering for for learning in prompt engineering that people learn how to prompt the AI, how to ask those questions uh, in very significant uh, ways. And so we had a huge influx of people wanting more and more prompt engineering and as we offered programs and learning so more was required because just like the AI, as you learn, so you you know you, you have the capability to learn more. So our big piece was around prompt engineering, mm-hmm. um, and the ability to then work with systems that can use data helpfully. And we've got a couple of platforms uh, that we're working with here. But on the other end, a lot of what we heard more of, and it talks to both of what you said, that humans can become more human. We've seen people say we need more human skills, we need more human capability, that we really want to take moments that matter and make them matter with our people. And COVID also has had a big piece of it. COVID was this event of, in the pandemic, this event of great care, but not linked to performance necessarily. the time and now they want to link that back how do we do this empathic leadership with a big performance drive with a big team implication so human skills have been called for more and more and then this prompt engineering and this working with data piece
0: samir if you could uh, give a piece of advice to matriculants and they had to choose the subjects that would best future-proof them for the workforce that they're about to enter into What would be your top tips?
2: Yeah, I think uh, anybody that knows how to start a business is a lucky person, you know? Because I guess there's more than enough ideas to work on. There's more than enough money moving around. There's more than enough ideas that are on the human side of things. These are trillion dollar industries that are untapped. And these are purely human-centered businesses where even if a machine can mimic those things, like for example, you can listen to a meditation on your app, or you know you can do like a YouTube guided yoga. But it's nice to go to a studio with other people, with other you know, with real humans, or go to a therapist and actually talk about your stuff with another human that you can feel. So those seem like small things, and maybe they're usually bucketed into this thing called well-being. But it's mental health, it's therapy, it's alternative healthcare, it's meditation, and so I think I would say learning about philosophy, learning about the liberal arts is excessively important. Now
0: that comes as a surprise to me. That was not what I thought you were going to say. So you're saying in the face of AI and we're needing to be prompt, prompters and we need to be data wranglers, you're saying we must go, do not forget about the humanities.
2: Oh, yeah, because tools are always applied to humans. And humans can only be learned about in the humanities. And what Leslie was talking about, prompt engineering, is knowing how to ask good questions. And you can only learn how to ask good questions from subjects that teach you critical thought. Around people, around culture, around society. Otherwise, you'll never know what to use the tech for. As a country, we're very science focused. Nothing wrong with that. It, we just have to balance that with what I call liberal arts or philosophy. Okay,
1: just link to that because I think Samir said something that uh, is profoundly important for for people to start playing with. It's counterintuitive. I get it, but it's it's profound. That actually, what we should be doing is doing the more human thing. So Yuval Ari in his latest article writes about the thing that if you want to equip your child for the future from the time they can speak, right, from the time that they've got language, you should start imbuing them with two things, critical capability, critical reasoning and philosophy. And we should be teaching our children because at the end of the day, the thing that the machines may or may not be able to do, and this is also debated, but is that very ethical, very moral, very applied thinking thing. Only as good as we are. At it will the machines be as good as it, so I think that idea that everybody, irrespective of the profession you've chosen that you should be spending time mm. on philosophy on dualism and and you know the kind of thinking that is about epistemology and existentialism, these are things we should all be tackling as humanity because that's what will differentiate us rather than doing what the machine can do. Let go of that the machine's going to do it now let's do the thing that makes us, us. Yeah, exactly, yes yeah, yeah. so almost rediscover what
0: is the actual tenets of being human. I love that. Do you think that there are some jobs because there will be jobs that are lost? Could, could you tell me a few that you think are going to be made redundant? And do you think that there are some new, new roles and new opportunities that will uh, arise?
2: I think AI is intended to replace all jobs so that smart people can be put to better use on the planet. That's basically it. Senior managers don't have to fact check because computers will be good at that in three years. And then the partner has to be the only human that's around to present or get on the call or show face. But that's a good thing because kids want to change the world. But you know, when you get to fourth year, it's all about like, okay, where's my first job, you know? And that's going to be in accounting. It's going to be in law, in finance, in engineering. And not all engineering is good engineering. Some people are just building things for the sake of it, you know? And so if they're chasing that for status and cash, they're never going to focus on important things that actually move the needle. So this is AI's gift to us, I think. Terrific. And
0: you, Les, do you see certain roles you're not going to have to put them out to market anymore?
1: I'm so cautious to to say because we just don't know. It's, it still is really early days. And I think we don't know. And I think for a long time, we've been saying these jobs will be redundant. Administrative jobs will be redundant. Data capturing jobs will be redundant. And yet we have... Many data capturers and lots of administrators uh, amongst us, and they 're really good at what they do, and we we really need them but I guess the idea that we could elevate all jobs that we could really take away tasks that a humanity can apply.
0: Some it's creative kind of, force. Yes,
1: creativity and strategy will be a very interesting play. It's hard to call what won't exist. But, uh, you know, data capture, administrative functions, and I think it's aspects of those roles. So if you took the role of a PA, for example, right, a personal assistant, yes, co-pilot, Microsoft's co-pilot says it will give you a personal assistant. But there's something very plausible and and wonderful about a human being who Mm. takes up that role too so if he or she is able to take up that role in the human capability of the high touch stakeholder engagement rather than the diary setting or the email answering Mm. what a great what a great day
0: yes truly a gift from AI I agree
1: so to wrap up what do you
0: believe will be the most important factors for success in the job market post 2024 and how can individuals position themselves to succeed
1: get philosophical uh and and really work on on critical thinking and the ability to be strategically critical in in all that we do hone what used to be called soft skills which is It's not soft. Very derogatory. Yes, not soft in (laughs) any way. (laughs) Just get us human. Everyone's a leader, you know. Let's all all those 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 skills um, need really uh, to be honed, and then at the same time, build on your ability to be data driven and evidence based, uh, because Mm. more and more, that fact checking uh, is the art of what we're all going to be part of, and we're going to make even better, really good decisions. With all of that in our, you know, all those bows in our, in our armor. And Samir,
0: you know, you're sort of at the forefront of this type of stuff and you keep very up to date. What, what sort of technological advancements and trends and what, what, what platforms do you suggest people continue visiting to just stay up to date to make sure that they at least know what's coming around the corner?
2: Basically, nobody knows everything and everybody is wrong some of the time. Knowing that everybody is wrong some of the time helps you to have some space for your own thought, Mm -hmm. which I think is important in this thing. Don't follow everything you read. Mm. But um, there are three people or areas that I follow, which I think would be useful for any educated person to sort of follow. First is uh, a guy called Naval Ravikant. And he is an investor that's focused on, I would say, the systems thinking approach of AI. How does AI connect between different ideas, philosophy, business, economics, science? One needs to know how the dots connect. Sam Altman, who's obviously running OpenAI, and he's obviously heavily invested in, these people are invested in being thought leaders. And then the third is a, a guy called uh, Chamath Pali He was one of the early employees at Facebook and he runs a, a billion dollar fund called Social Capital. And he talks about all of this from an economic standpoint. So the three are systems, technology and economic. And I think if you have a good sense of that, then you'll always feel somewhat in the know and how that applies to your, to your everyday work.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed that chat. We hope you enjoyed our discussion with Samir Raji and Leslie-Ann Gatta on the skills and careers of the future in the age of AI. As we continue to explore the latest advancements in technology and how they're shaping our world, we encourage you to stay curious and keep learning. Refer to those notes in our podcast so that you do stay up to date. Thanks for tuning in to Investic in Conversation, our thought leadership series that offers insights into relevant topics impacting our clients. Subscribe to Investic Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts for more episodes and thought provoking discussions that empower you to create, manage, preserve, and grow your wealth. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Bank Limited, an authorized financial services provider and registered credit provider.